Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I have realized something that uh, we are not going to be able to avoid. It is the inevitable, if you will. We are going to have to come to it. We are all going to have to conquer in some way. We will have to make uh, several of these throughout our lifetime and our journey on this thing called life. And that is make a decision. Oh, my goodness. Just a quick question. When I say make a decision or uh, something related to choosing the best option, what is your underlining emotional response to that? Is it excitement because you like to go ahead and dissect all the particulars and come up with the best analytical answer? Is it emotional because you're like, I just... I'm going to go ahead and just choose the any, mini, money, mo method because it worked for me when I was five. So I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, replicate what worked. If it ain't broken, you know, don't fix it kind of thing. Is it, mm, I'm going to just lean on my gut and I'm going to let my gut lead me? Or is that my emotions? Like, what? matter of fact, mm-mm, let me ask someone that I truly entrust uh, their opinion and their perspective. And I'm just going to have them basically tell me which one to take. Or I'm going to call um, someone who's older than me or someone that I deem to be wise. And I'm going to ask them if you were in my shoes you know which one would you do what is the emotional connection or response to making a choice I think in that little synopsis I probably named every series of stage in my life I had the call somebody up I had all the but then uh now that I'm a little bit more seasoned from those particular seasons in my life, I have come out with one major gem, one major key for the whole decision-making factor that blew my mind, and it's probably going to blow yours as well. Um, Can I say it? The option that is the most obvious is usually not the one that God wants you to take. Listen, I know, because we are, as a human species, we are very A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like we, do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti. Like there is a standard, right? There is a uh a chronicle order to a thing. Um, you you crawl, you sit up, and then you crawl, and then you crawl a little faster, and then you start taking steps, and then you start walking, and then after walking, you start running, and after running, you know you can possibly go ahead and try in the Olympics. Like there's there's a series uh, that we all agree on that um, when babies usually go from sitting up to running, we're like, well, that was that was weird. You skipped a couple of steps, right? That would be off. Or uh, if we met someone who they came straight out of college and they became the CEO, it would be like, uh, that must be his granddaddy business because it don't make no sense to us, right? But I'm starting to see that in plain sight, the most obvious choice, the most obvious path, the most obvious duh like that just seems like the more logical (laughs) next step to take is usually not where God is 
And I hate to say it that way because I think so much we want to rely on that. But the reality is, is that if we rely on analytical analysis or the most logical thesis or assumption that we concluded on, what we're going to find is that we find more comfort in how we contorted and put put toward a thing opposed to leaning on faith and the leading of the Holy Spirit. I think God purposely breaks up the monotony of, oh, so you thought four comes after three? But what if I decided to make it 26? You're like, whoa, red alert, red alert. It, you know, it's the alpha five, aye, 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 aye kind of thing happening. And God is like, listen, I'm going to break you free of anything that relies for you to rely on it opposed to me. I'm going to go ahead and take the Aladdin carpet and let you know that you are not flying because of this carpet. You are, you are flying because I'm allowing it. I'm letting the air and the wind be so, so that you can stay afloat. What you're going to realize is that it wasn't all the people in your phone and you know that's how you made it through I allowed you to be clutched by those particular people for that particular season in your life because you were a babe in Christ at that point and then I allowed for you to go ahead and use signs and wonders like oh that's a sign and oh you know that that wowed you because that was that season of your life but as you are starting to mature and as you are starting to grow especially in your faith God starts to slowly take away the things that was holding you up because he wants to build your foundation My husband and I built a house together and I've always been very inquisitive on how a process works. And so when they were going to go ahead and let us know, hey, in a couple of weeks, we're going to pour the concrete, the slab and make the foundation. I was super excited. But the process that it took to go ahead and get there, they went ahead and took some wood after flattening the surface And they outlined where the foundation would be. And then once they poured the concrete into the outline, they let it stay there for a little bit. And then afterward, they took the wood away from the concrete after it curated because it doesn't dry. Concrete curates, which is what I learned. And the one thing that I noticed, I said, the wood was needed to keep the concrete in its place. But after the concrete curates, after it takes the form that it was intended to take, after it did the thing that it was set out to do, it no longer needs the thing that it was leaning on. Do you see what I'm saying? I feel like God is trying to do the same exact thing. I feel like God is like, listen, I know you thought you needed that, but you're strong enough now. I know you thought that you needed the signs and the wonders, but I want to talk to you. I don't want to be limited in how I give you information. If you can go ahead and believe in the signs and wonders, you can go ahead and believe in the leading of the Holy Spirit. Like I literally made someone just for you. I aligned it just so that you can have a forever life teacher for the rest of your life. If you would just go ahead and transfer that over to, I feel the Holy Spirit leading me this way. And I feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit to say this, to do that. If you really started to go ahead and lean on what I want you to lean on, you would never have to be without it again. Mm. Amazing. The reason I am so passionate about this particular conversation is because in real time, you know, I'm always going to give you what I'm currently experiencing, right? I have a choice to make. And if I'm honest with you, just being as unveiled as I can, 
there is a little bit of decision fatigue because I think that we go through something in life where we either made an irrational decision or two and then we start to get scared like okay you know what I don't and so we don't trust our own decision making and so we start to lean on other facets of to try to make it for us or uh we take so long to make a decision that we realize so when are you going to go ahead and start walking out on faith like you need for all the ducks in a, to be in a row like what is it and so I was treating some anthill size uh decisions like they were actually mount everest it was like i don't care if it was a or or z it still all had the same kind of pressure like uh, i don't know what to order from this menu and then uh, i don't know what county to move to it's like really that's the same it's the same amount of pressure for you it's like yes because all of this is going to yield to i need to make a good decision or i'm going to experience the consequences of not making one and can i tell you something i had to free myself of that I am not the author of my life. I am the co-author and participant in the chapters of my life. I relinquished the angst of feeling like I am the director, the actor, the prompt person. I got to make sure the lights, I got to do it because I, and I want, and it was like, okay, can I tell you something? I need you to please calm down. And so now that I'm in this place that I see, even when you relinquish that, there's still a bit of what decision do I make? So I'm going to go ahead and tell you what's happening. I have two career opportunities to advance my career. I have two opportunities on the table. One, I'm super excited about, and it came in first. Pay is decent. It's it's an it will require a new set of skills, but I'm so excited about it. Uh, it's a little bit non-traditional from what I would have normally chosen. Uh, to be honest with you, the way that I kind of navigated there, it almost kind of felt like, mm, okay, uh, I would have never looked this up. But shout out to y'all for, you know, uh, the few, the previous frustrations literally navigated me to wanting to get out of my own box. And that's why I've been trying so hard to really dissect and view frustration differently. Because if used properly, it can be the very wind that navigates you to God's promise. Stop looking at it like, oh, but it's messing up my hair. And oh, it's messing up my sail. And oh, it's messing up. But if you were just to go ahead and not fight the wind, where is God leading you? Where is the wind pushing you? Mm. Yeah, let that mean what it's supposed to mean to you. And so that's the first option that I have on the table as far as career advancement. Out of the blue, literally 24 hours after, I got another offer. Money is fantastical. Uh, however, comma, oh, and it's with a well-known, reputable company. Uh, however, comma, it's going to be in a setting that I don't necessarily want to work in. And it is in in a career path that I don't want to continue in. And so the obvious was, <laughs> bro, nothing to talk about. I'm talking about just throw it in a bag. Oh, 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 just throw it in a bag. What are we talking about? Sign them people's uh, tax forms and get this money. Like, why are we even talking about this? 
But now that I'm at this place that you can't prompt me with what I see, if I don't feel that alignment in my spirit, I quieted myself in the excitement and the, ooh, you know, what's going on enough to say, for what God has revealed to you, of you, where would you be best fit? Because let me tell you something, I'm not going to sit on these phones and have conversations with you about how all the different fruits, you know, require a different kind of environment. The pineapple doesn't require what the apple requires. The banana doesn't grow the way that a grape grows, that the collard green doesn't grow the way. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's so many different comparisons, but yet they can still be in the same category, but they have a customized, specialized way in which they grow. Because what God wants to produce in them is different. And so I felt like, yo, that is the same exact thing that we need to do when it comes to placing ourselves in certain environments. What God has revealed to you, right? Because he told, if you look in Genesis, it said that he went ahead and gave the command like, yo, make more of your kind. Which means I want you to go ahead and keep producing, which means that I want you to be prosperous, which means I want you to benefit from the from your external because of what I put in you internally. Then that means that when God starts to show you, you don't work well in this environment, you don't pair well with that kind of personality, that you don't, whatever it is that he's revealing to you, being a good steward over that revelation, you have to place yourself accordingly. So if God showed you, hey, you belong in the water, then you should not be looking at being a landowner. Okay, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and start seeing, okay, what part, what ocean, out of all the oceans and bodies of waters and lakes and reservoirs and E or the above that God made, where would I like to be? Do I wanna be in salt water? Do I wanna be? That's how you know that you're getting closer to being responsible to what God revealed about you. No way he showed you that you're a whale. <laughs> no way he showed you, hey, look, those are other whales that are similar to you, but not exactly like you. And you took the, all that information and was like, great. So what would you like to be? Pet smart. Really? Like, did you, did you miss completely when he showed you you and then showed you examples of like kind of like your category? You missed that whole thing? I don't understand what it is that you just did. Uh, it's either perspective it's either you not really taking in what he told you. I don't, but there's a disconnect. Like, check your phone bill. It's paid. Because I don't, I don't think that you're getting the message in, in its full context. I think you, it's a couple of pieces they're not going through in those 140 characters. Do you see what I'm saying? And so in that, I, I took that very piece of information and I said, okay, uh, for these two options, God, I want this one. And slowly but surely, the people, the few people that I told, uh, kind of tried to point me in the area of, but bruh, <laughs> you see how much money they, they're getting ready to start you off with? I was like, mm, yeah, but I don't, I literally verbatimly said, I don't have a good feeling about this position. It doesn't feel like it would be a good fit for me. I'm going to go ahead and, and, I'm going to walk out on faith and follow my gut on this one, and I'm going to choose the other one. And I had someone literally say, um, but, yeah, you can't say that you don't like it if you haven't um, if you haven't tried it. But, yeah, their starting salary is this. And I stopped myself. I said, when you have been in uncomfortable places, praise God 
for those discomforts because what you should be doing is growing wisdom from that. I need you to be a student of your discomfort. When there is something you don't like, don't just not like it. Why don't you like it? If they hired me to be a history teacher and they were willing to pay me two million trillion billion gazillion dollars and 49 cents, I would humbly say no, ma'am. And I know that probably sounds insane to most, but what I look at is this value and quality of life. I don't like history. The history book, not even being open, puts me to sleep. Everything about George and the cherry tree, that's the only thing I can give you outside of he had the bomb uh, roller set in his day, right? Probably the best one in, in the town at that point. I don't want to occupy such a large portion of my life with voluntarily being uh, unhappy or not filled or satisfied or content because of a dollar. I never want to, if I dare to say this, prostitute my peace. There is no dollar amount for that. There is no, you know what, like put that into logical perspective, You are willing to be paid to be unhappy for the large bulk of your day because can you make it make sense? Because it doesn't to me. Eight hours a day, not including travel to get there. So not including you waking up to get yourself ready to go there, the travel commute time it takes to get there, the actual being there, the travel then commute back to there to go to sleep, that night to do it again for the next day. A large bulk of your day is preparing for what you do for a living. I would at least want the option of liking what I do when I get there. And being where I'm at now, arriving to the place of understanding now, I've realized that I will never put myself in a predicament where again, dare I say, that I prostitute my peace. And so I had to go ahead and say, okay, why is it that I'm choosing the path that looks like it's not the obvious one because of financial reasons? And don't get it twisted. It's not like somebody's offering me $4 and somebody else is offering 40 right? That would take a little bit of, oh, God, you're going to have to help me. But it's more so of, okay, you're starting there at this job, But I can go ahead and start at a decent salary and work my way up with the other job. And I'm willing to do that. If it embodies all the things that I'm willing to do and this is the life that I have to live, then I'm willing to live it that way. And so I was looking at all the things. I said, where do we come up with this thing where the most obvious one is it? You know, the closest fruit is the one you grab. And I thought about it. I said, nothing about that is biblical. God didn't lead the Israelites the most obvious way. Why? Because they were missing a key element for them to possess the land. They didn't know how to throw them hands. And the last thing that God was going to do is have you arrive anywhere uh, trying to windmill. That's embarrassing because um, take this sword real quick. <laughs> you understand? Go ahead and ching ching, make that happen. And that's how that's going to work out. And so God was like, I could lead you on a more obvious path, but what you're not understanding is that as you're walking to where you're going, God is prepping you. And so if you arrive there too early, if you arrive there too late, if you arrive there 
ill-equipped, like that's all on God and how he led you. Yet nothing about God is the obvious choice. So when it when it got to David and Saul, I was thinking about that. Why didn't God just make it that Saul just stopped chasing David? And it was like, because won't you look at it like this? Instead of looking at it like, bro, kill him. <laughs> or put him to sleep real quick. Or like do something to his kingdom and have him where he can't see. Or mess up his legs real quick where he can't go ahead and, and keep running after David. Or close his mouth where he can't give the order. Do Like, God, you can do anything. Do something to stop him. And I and what I felt God calmly and comfortably tell me is, um, you ever felt vulnerable? And I was like, yeah. You you ever felt like you were attacked? Or I was like, yeah, definitely, definitely felt that. He was like, yeah, so maybe when I'm allowing those things, it's because I want it to be so uncomfortable so that when you truly feel the covering of me, you will be so thankful. If I showed you what it felt like to be naked in a sense, then when I cover you, you won't take that for granted. How many people are living lives in a way that you like, yo, if I had that dollar amount, <laughs> I would have did, bro. If I had that kind of family support, man, I would have, man, if I had that kind of spouse, those kind of whatever, whatever the particular external or tangible element is, you are able to look at someone and say, you don't know how good you have it because the reality is, is that you didn't have the privilege of having that earlier. There is something about not experiencing something to its full capacity immediately or early that makes you say, once I gain this, I will, I will cherish it. I'm going to make sure I'm a good steward over it. I will never go ahead and, and, and voluntarily do that with my money, to voluntarily go ahead and stay in relationships longer than what I was supposed to. I'm never going to walk on. You see what I'm saying? Like, it's something in you that's like, listen, <laughs> well, I know what that felt like. I don't even want the T-shirt to reflect that I've been there. But since I've been there, I'm going to make sure that we go ahead and I never navigate differently so I don't ever have to stay there again stay there again how come God didn't just go ahead and say you know what I'm gonna make it where Eve can't even get the fruit right I'm gonna put like some barbed wire or some, I'm gonna create something a, a scary animal something that would just make her go you know what if you said it I, I ain't even gonna fight this uh I'm gonna just make up an animal uh, a cheese sister yeah that's the animal it's like a cheetah mixed with a alligator mixed with a cactus something skin it's just enough to be like you know I'm not finna uh fight through this animal to then fight God to then do something God said not to do no I'm not gonna do that like God why, why don't you just remove the dude from her life like why don't you just remove that family member why don't you just remove the thorn in the side and it's because the truth of the matter that God revealed to me was that um he doesn't want you being a robotic teen, a robotic child, where you just do exactly what he said. Like, it's, it's at the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter. I want you not to eat the fruit just because of the love and the reverence that you have for me. I want you not to do what I asked you not to do because I asked you not to do it. Or for the strength of like, yo, it's, this is our relationship. I'm your dad. I'm always going to take care of you. But I want you to love me enough that if I say something, I don't have to put all these parameters in place to make sure that you don't do it. It's like asking someone in a relationship, can I trust you not to do A, B, and C or have inappropriate conversations and whatever. And they're like, sure. You're like, all right, well, I'm going to put a – um a password on your phone that only I have so that every time your phone rings, I have to unlock it. It's like when you have to put all these different hurdles in it, is it really a relationship at all? You see what I'm saying? 
So when God dissected that to me, I was like, okay, so essentially when it comes to making any decisions, when it comes to trying to figure out what path to take, it's not always the most obvious because the one that may have the hidden message is the one that God can really contort and define you in. I'm looking at stuff like, uh, what is, what is the Psalm? Uh, the Psalm of David. It says, yet I'm confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. And so you read stuff like that. But then you go to something like Proverbs 3. It says, Proverbs 3, 5. You know, I read in the NLT version. You should know that by now. But it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Six, seek his will on all you do. And he will show you what path to take. Oh, you mean call grandma and them and then ask your parents and then ask auntie because she's why she got a relationship with God, which you should. Mm -mm, I didn't see. Let me see. Seek his will on all you do and he will show you which path. No, it definitely says he will show you your path to take. Oh, so you mean that if I go to my past and I ask him to lay hands on the situation real quick and I trust that the elders would. Nope, let me read it again. Seek his will on all you do and he will show you which path to take. No, it definitely is saying he. And so I wanted to go ahead and I said, okay, well, let's go ahead to uh, Proverbs. 16 real quick okay we can make our own plans but the lord gives the right answer <clears throat> people may be pure in their own eyes but the lord examines their motives three commit your actions to the lord and your plans will succeed so it's all these different things that god has shown like listen if you just if you just get closer if you just get to a place where you start to understand um God is not trying to prevent you from your purpose. He's trying to propel you in it, but he wants you to be prepared. I looked at the fact that as wise as um, Samuel is and Samuel was in the Bible, uh, he couldn't even rely on what he thought, on who he thought to anoint king. I want to read you this real quick. First uh, Samuel 16. So verse one, jump right into it. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Two. But Samuel asked, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Three. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you which one of his sons to anoint for me Four. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong? They asked. Do you come in peace? Five. Yes. Samuel replied. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. Six, when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Elab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Pause. Obvious, right? I mean, he's the oldest. He's the first one he's seeing. Duh. <laughs> Cut short. This is dope. Uh, seven, but the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Mm, eight. 
Then Jesse told his son Adinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Nine. Then Jesse summoned Shema. But Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. Ten. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Eleven. Then Samuel asked, are, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching uh, the sheep and the goat. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down and eat until he arrives. Twelve. So Jesse sent for him. His eyes, well, he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. Thirteen. So David stood there among his brothers. Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had bought and anointed David with the oil and the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on then Samuel returned to Ramah I want to read seven again but the Lord said to Samuel don't judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them people judge by the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart People judge by the amount of money a job makes, but it doesn't. They don't look at the, your day-to-day tasks and your happiness. People look at oh how big the house is, but they're not realizing that you can't afford that. People look at how flashy the car is, but they're not realizing that you drive in it and you're miserable. People look at the fact that oh, whatever the outward thing, I need you to understand that God is not moved by outward external situations so when things are given to you when things are presented to you don't be so fast to choose the first sparkly thing don't be so fast to go ahead and choose the thing that itches your ears and makes you excited I need you to calm down it took seven sons before Jesse said "Mm, I have one more it took seven sons for Samuel to say I don't God is not that's God is not in this one either it took seven how long did that take to have somebody walk past and mm -mm, that's not it and then mm -mm, that's not it and after people can't even sit seven minutes in traffic (laughs) how long did it take how patient did Sam you have to be to say I'm not leaving here until I feel God till I hear God I'm not leaving here until God points out exactly why I came here I didn't come all this way just to come all this way there is something about the fact that if God is leading me here then it's here somewhere I just got to play a spiritual game of Marco Polo if it's not it God then show if it's not it God tell me that I'm warm if it's not it God tell me that I'm getting close but the last thing I'm going to do is anoint something that I know you have rejected the last thing that I'm going to do is anoint something that you have rejected Mm. it's something in that 12 so Jesse sent for him He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. You know what's missing from this? David didn't even have to do what his brothers did. (laughs) I almost missed that. David didn't even have to go through the qualification process. Because God vouched for him. Hmm? Let's Let's go to eight. Let's go a little before that. Verse 8. Then Jesse told his son, Adinadab, to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. Mm. (laughs) Let's go ahead and go a a little 
a little up there. Let's go six. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Elip and thought, surely this is the one. Nope, that's not it. Eight. Then Jesse said to his son, Adinadab, to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. And then guess what? Uh, <laughs> next, it said that Shema did the same thing. And um, mm-mm, that wasn't it either. Ten. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to him. All Jesse had to do was call for David. All David did was stand there. And God vouched for him. Here's what I need you to understand. Sometimes the unobvious choice is God's purpose for you. You have to quiet the noise of what's around you. You have to quiet the voice of the people who you respect. Sometimes you even have to put mute on your excitement. And you're going to have to start to see things the way God sees things. God, I don't want to see an amount on a job. I want to see a career where I flourish. God, I don't want somebody cute just to be in my pictures on Instagram. I want someone that I could build a legacy with. God, I don't want a car just so I can look good at the red light and then I'm feeling some kind of way with the financial situation on this car. I want a car that's going that I feel is a blessing that doesn't contort into forming into a burden later on. God, I want friends that truly have my best interests at heart and not talking about my back and they have integrity and they, and they lead me and they support me. And I want a group of people that we all are each other's iron sharpening each other's eyes. That that's what I want. God, I don't want just flimsy relationships. I want meaningful ones. I don't want a whole big circle of people just to have a big circle of people. I want it to be a circle of influence. I want it to be sphere of influence I want it to be that we are literally sparking fires because that's how sharp our irons are with each other like there is a different way of looking at God why did you put something that is so beautiful so hidden like you can't find I've never seen any diamond or any ruby or anything that is a a respected reputable jewel growing on a tree sometimes the things that God values the most they're hidden Mm, come on, Holy Spirit. Sometimes the things that God values the most is hidden. Even down to when he casted out Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden, he had to put the cherubims in front of it. He will guard what, it, what is valuable. He will have you have to dig deeper to go ahead and get that ruby. People are going in gold mines and they dying because of that particular field of career. But it's something about if it's meaningful, and if God has a purpose for it, it's not in plain view. It takes a certain eye. It takes a certain spiritual connection. It takes a certain knowing. It takes a certain amount of revelation. It takes a connection to the Holy Spirit. There is something in this that you're just not going to be able to, to look on YouTube one time and say, oh, okay, that's it. And you're not going to sit in one sermon and say, mm, I heard the word. That's not it. Sometimes God has to give you enough strength to last seven suns down. Sometimes God has to give you enough strength to go ahead and, and, and have to ask the question because it's not obvious. Do you have any other sons? Because I know God said Jesse's house. I know God said 
said to go anoint another king. And so I know that I didn't just see seven people and none of them are it. So what's the question that I need to ask to get closer to God's promise? Sir, how do you act when you're angry? It was the dating question you need to ask. Ma'am, uh, do you have any hangups with your past relationships? Is there anything that I can help you heal from or that you're in the process of healing from is what you need to ask her while you're dating her, sir. Um, when you're on these interviews, I need you to ask cultural or whatever things that mean something to you for the corporate area. I need you to ask those questions. Google questions to ask in interviews because it is very, very, very crucial. It is clear to me that when God has something for you, it requires for you to be a little bit more analytical and be a little bit more inquisitive about where you're about to place the beauty of you. A flask of olive oil was that important that God was like, I'm not even going to waste that on just anybody. What is the question that I need to ask to get to God's purpose for me? What is the mindset that I need to have to wait on that? Would it, and I'm sure it looked like, bruh, it's one of these seven, just choose one. But it took a special kind of person to go, I'm not choosing nothing that God didn't choose. And to stand in that, to stand firm in that, I'm not moving if God didn't say move. I'm not going if God didn't say go. I'm not, I don't even want to be friends with Brody if God didn't say to do that. Like at this point, it's to the point that it's like, look, God, I'm going to go ahead and start. Anytime that I feel the need, I'm going to look up to you and say, listen, okay, if this ain't you, uh, don't even let me be attracted to it car job person friends how nothing I don't want a palate for what God rejected Mm -mm. that's mold to me why you why you attracted to the way mold tastes you understand which path to take then God the one that I'm going to tell you because the Bible says that he said, I will put before you life and death, choose life. So what that means to me is that God's going to give you the option and he's going to give you the answer. He told Sam, you go ahead and go to Jesse's house and I'm going to tell you which one to anoint. So he went ahead and said, nope, nope, nope. Okay, yes, that's the one. And so there is nothing hidden about God. He's not trying to play a spiritual game of blues clues with you. You just have to be patient enough to really show I'm going to do this the way that you said it or it's not going to be done, period. Do you understand that? My challenge to you is I need you to shift how you're currently sitting in your season. I want you to get to the place that you like, mm -mm. <laughs> loneliness is not going to uh, push me into a direction that God rejected. Mm -mm. No, uh, money is not going to push me into a place that God rejected. I want you to be honest with yourself and see where you're at and see the potential trap of it and say, God, if you don't be as clear as you was with Samuel, if you don't say, mm-hmm, that's the one, like clear, make it, I'm talking about write it out, sir, where I can see, oh, that's exactly what you said. How you know that I listen, I need you to make it very clear. And when I choose the one that you said, let that be clear as well. Oh, the beauty. The beauty of knowing which path to take. The beauty of knowing how God chooses. But more importantly, the beauty of waiting for God to choose it with you. Not for you, with you. You see that? But all right. I feel like you got what you needed. You know what these conversations are, right?
Mm-hmm. They life provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person's gonna have with you. But who your favorite homegirl? Okay. But look, um, I gotta go feed the pup pups. Okay, and I'm actually low key hungry too. So I'm gonna go ahead and let you let me go, and we talk later. Yeah, yeah, we will. We're gonna talk later. Okay, <laughs> later.